Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. For many, it is a holiday week. It is the Thanksgiving week for many others around the world. Maybe they don't celebrate Thanksgiving like we do. Or if they have some sort of similar holiday, it may not be on the same day, most likely. Anyway, I wish everyone a wonderful week. This is a very special time because it's a holiday. Whether it's this holiday or any other, holidays carry with it a lot of impact. And I'm going to be doing an individual healing today for Karen. And as it seems that the higher selves have me do, they are also bringing an expansion related to the holiday. So I will get to that for in a minute. But I do want to talk to you a little bit about something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. By the way, I should say this, if you want to call in, it's 646-668-8565. If for some reason you can't call in, uh, I'm not talking to Karen because Karen and I went back and forth. Should she call in? Should she not call in? And I left it up to her. I think she's chosen not to call in, which is absolutely fine. Makes no difference. She'll be listening in any case. So anyway, I loved your last email, Karen, that you sent me. It was very cute. she was very careful trying to find out my preference, and since I don't have one, uh, but she was just really, really careful to make sure that, because she could call in that if I wanted her to, that she would. But uh, it works out just perfect, so either way is always fine with me. But anyway, again, if somebody wants to call in, 646-668-8565. And if you'd like to have a healing for me, I do have one for next week. I have a request for next week. But if you want one, uh, another week or uh if it's uh, you know sometimes i can fit two into a into a day one radio show i don't do it that often i was going to do someone else today along with karen but i didn't I, i'm not too clear about the issue and so i'm not i've, I've told the uh the requester that it won't be happening today most likely because the issue if i hadn't heard back from them So in any case, that works out perfectly for me and for Karen because I get to focus on her and then do the extended or expanded healing for everyone else that has the same issue. And of course, as the higher self told me this morning when I was out getting some information, they told me that it's virtually going to be for everyone on the planet. So there you go. (laughs) That's what happens with this kind of healing work I'm doing on the radio. Anyway. But I do want to talk about, because my book has just come out, I, I'm i trying to take some time, a little bit in each show, to just talk about it. And something happened to me that relates very well to my book. I was out walking. No, 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 no. I got to back up. What you guys probably don't know, I can't remember if I've ever really talked about it. If I have, I'm sorry for the repeat. But anyway, the repeat is good for those that are new. I have 
had for many years a funny sleep pattern. For many, many years, like 10 years, I didn't sleep more than three or four hours a night. And when I discovered this work, I started working on it, and my sleep pattern did improve, and it expanded, and I'd get four or five hours a night, et cetera, et cetera, and then it moved into six, six and a half, sometimes even seven. Now, the pattern over the last, oh, I don't know, five years, I've been able to get more better sleep, but often it's broken up at the night, and it's, I would just sleep two, three, four hours, be awake for one, two, or three hours, and then go back to sleep for some other amount of time, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And so it, I would end up getting enough sleep often in each of these nights. And it wasn't every single night, but it was probably four or five out of seven. Uh, I would get enough sleep, but there was this sort of empty time in the middle of the night where I just really wasn't very productive. And it was not a case of waking up and being anxious or having millions of things running through my mind or, you know, stuff upsetting me or I'm trying to analyze or figure out something. It was not any of that. I was just awake. And I worked a lot on this issue. I worked on hypervigilance. I worked on all sorts of things. I can't even remember because it's, it was, you know, worked on sleep for years. So, and I've just gotten used to it. I basically just made peace with it. I thought, okay, you know, it's not upsetting and it doesn't seem to impact my life. I do end up losing an hour or two or three out of every 24 in the sense that I'm not really productive. I'm not, I'm not really doing much in those hours. Sometimes I'm trying to go back to sleep. Sometimes I'm reading something. Sometimes I'm doing a puzzle or looking at the... Uh, my Facebook wall or, or, you know, just silly stuff because I'm too tired to really focus on anything. And so, you know, it feels kind of weird or has felt like that. So, but, you know, there's so many other things in life that it never was something that upset me. It was just like, okay, well, I'm pulling a Janet. Every time I had a night, a night like that, I would say, okay, I'm pulling a Janet. And occasionally a friend would say, oh, I just pulled a Janet last night. You know, I did the same thing. And it's around people I know, it's sort of become a, a Janet thing. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, just have, know that it hasn't been on my mind. It's just something I've come to sort of accept. And it didn't upset me. You know, every once in a while I think, gee, you know, if I could go, could have gotten up and done a little something during that night, maybe. But I didn't want to get up and try to be productive because then I would be up the rest of the night. I, I purposely actually wouldn't get up hoping that I would go back to sleep. In any case, so a couple of weeks ago I'm walking out of my bedroom and into the living room, which is a time that I often get word from the higher self. And what came in immediately to me was sentry duty, S-E-N-T-R-Y, like being on guard, being on watch, being, um, you know, in the middle of the night. And I just stopped right in my tracks and I went, oh my gosh, sentry duty. I've never even thought to work on sentry duty. So I was about to go out walking, and this is where I do a lot of the work on myself. So I went out walking very soon after that and went in. I said, okay, higher self, what is the scoop? This is mind-boggling. And basically, 
they brought up, brought up for me a whole bunch of lives I had as a male. Now, most of the work I do on myself, most of the lives I get on myself or I have uh, someone else I work with, other people that occasionally get lives for me, and they're 99%, they're all female. They're all female. I've gotten male lives on myself a couple of times before, and each time I've done it, it's been a massive shift, and I've talked about uh, I've talked about it here on the radio before, so I'm not going to go back to those those other couple of times. But this time was another one of these massively fascinating situations. What I got was a slew or a pattern of many lives as a male where I was on some sort of sentry duty. Now, or on guard. Now, you know, we all watch enough TV, you all are aware enough to know whether it's wartime or you're just a vulnerable village out somewhere where there could be marauders or neighboring tribe or somebody to that could come attack you, you set up a guard duty watch list and they take turns. You're on a boat even. And you have to have people who uh, get up they sleep for four hours, they get up for four hours, they go back to sleep for four hours. But it's not always four hours. It could be three hours on, three hours off, three hours on, or whatever. And I remember even back in camp when I was 10, we'd go on these trail rides, uh, you know, horseback rides for trails, and we'd camp out, and we would have to be woken up to do two hours of watch, even though, of course, it was perfectly safe. It was just part of the camp experience, I guess. But the higher self gave me a slew of pictures. You know how I get the, the the sort of the very quick overview. And I saw myself as part of villages. I saw myself in wartime. I saw myself in a lot of different ways relating to guard duty. And in fact, apparently, I developed a really good ability to wake up, be woken up after two or three hours or four, whatever it was in whatever lifetime or situation, and I would be instantly awake, instantly. And that served me well because I could stay awake and be really alert for my hours in the middle of the night and I wouldn't fall asleep on guard duty. <laughs> so so the the higher self, so I started working on neutralizing all of that, and then the the whole male lifetime thing expanded past that and the The next thing that came on, up was a lot of lifetimes where I had been very physical, of course, men, especially in the olden days, were very oriented to the uh physicality in life. You know, males were the carriers and the workers and, you know, the strength. Uh, we didn't have machines that, that did things. So with the very heavy duty, the heavy lifting, so to speak, the men were doing it. Now, of course, in time there was, uh, you know, uh, domestication of work animals like horses and mules and things like that. But the but for even with those kind of animals, men would be alongside, you know, pushing the plow and that sort of thing. Even though the ha horse may be pulling it, the, the man would uh, have to add a lot of uh, strength. So I started seeing lives where I was a soldier and I was holding 
swords in both hands and I was fighting these battles. Like you see on TV, I'm telling you, it's just, <laughs> I think those people who do these movies, they, they really know their history or they do some research. And I had double weapons, you know, all sorts of con- the kind that you swing and the swords. And I mean, it was, it was amazing. And I also saw a lot of lives where I was not in war, but for example, I was a galley slave or a galley, uh, one of those people that did the rowing could be in uh, wars, but it was also in times of peace because the manpower for the ships was in a lot of ships over time and not just on this planet had to do with rowing. So I had just this huge amount of upper body pictures of lives and I saw myself carrying um, like small trees and, you know, lugging on my back and and in my arms, this, you know, the wood wood that was used for building or for fires or for protection or building walls or whatever, I saw all of this very heavy-duty physical labor. Now, that's interesting. What <laughs> apparently the higher self, uh, the the male part of me, started to explain because I I I then can I connect with that male part of myself and get some information from that side of me. And it explained that at some point he just felt completely done with that physicality in life. And he did one of those 180s that I often talk about where he swung around the pendulum to the other end where he was going to choose lives where there was no physicality. He didn't like the fighting aspect, you know, all of the fighting and the killing was not uh, appealing. The There was so much suffering with the the work, you know, you imagine being a rower, you had no life. The it, it was all about subsistence and there was a lot of self-sacrifice. There was a lot of a lot of issues for the male part of me for these kind of lives. And at some point it just this male part just made the decision, okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to steer away from the that kind of physicality. And I saw him go into other other kinds of work, like shop owners and uh, you know that kind of thing, and and um, even spiritual life. That uh, and council, you know, being on a council, that sort of thing. Anyway, so I worked on neutralizing all of that. And the interesting thing was the higher selves pointed out to me, and I've been athletic my whole life. Not one sport do I do has anything to do with has almost nothing to do with the upper body. For example, I am a skier. Now, of course, you have pole, but for the most part, it's a leg sport. I was a skater. Again, a leg sport doesn't mean you don't use your arms. I did a lot of dancing as a hobby, huge amount of dancing. Again, you use your arms, but it's a, but basically it's leg action, um, running, walking. And there were some sports that I learned as a child growing up. I learned tennis and I learned golf, but I never did them. You know, my parents were great. They gave us all lessons and various sports and to see what we liked and everything, but but anything that I was carrying something in my arms, I think triggered off the resistance to the carrying those two weapons and and the upper body sense of burden. And so none of those sports, the golf, uh, I didn't 
I wasn't, I didn't resonate with. I never played golf. I mean, I did just stupid stuff around, you know, but never played it seriously. And even in college, I took a fencing class once in gym, you know, at PE. And I was really quite good at it, apparently. And the teacher wanted me to come back the next semester and do the next, you know, go from the beginning to the intermediate or whatever it was. And I went, uh-uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it didn't matter that I was good at it. I wasn't drawn to it. And so I could relate from looking at the past of this life to see that I had really sworn off the upper body stuff. In addition, you know, I go to the gym and I work with a trainer um, and I've always kind of dreaded the days that he works on the upper body. It's not a deep dread like, because oh, I probably, if it was really deep, I wouldn't continue. It was just, I was always happy to have the leg days, but the upper body days always, uh, you know, would have this little tinge of dread. And the interesting thing was, so I worked on all of that. And then what happened was, first, my sleep changed. It didn't change immediately. Two nights went by, I had the same ridiculous pattern. The third night, I slept six hours straight. Very rare for me. Very rare. Next night, six hours straight. The next night, six and a half hours. The next night, seven hours. The next night, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I think I slept six hours, got up, went to the bathroom, came back, slept another hour, didn't stay awake, went back to sleep. Eight straight nights, the eighth night, I slept eight hours, okay? Miracle. The next few nights, I actually had somewhat of my old pattern, just to let you know. I wasn't actually worried about it. There were some couple, three things very stressful going on for me, and this was rare, but I did wake up those nights worrying about, about stuff. I'm going to be on television in January and I had to send in, just to tell you what it was, I had to send in the questions and uh, that I want them to ask me in the interview and I can't figure out the questions without working the answers and then getting the logical questions. And it's only about five minutes. So, you know me, I can talk a lot. I could talk five straight days. So I had to keep... <laughs> Working it and working it and working it and trying to work get what what I want to say down to just a few minutes. And there's a lot to say, as you know. This work is very expanded. It's huge, and I don't. I only touch the tip of the iceberg on the radio show. In fact, so what that was stressful for me. And so I was up in the middle of the night thinking about, oh, well, maybe I'll change that part. Maybe I'll do that. And I was running these things in my mind. I knew I would come up with it eventually. There was some pressure to get that to them. So the pressure was such, that's what was keeping me up at night. Well, I sent that in, uh, I forget what day that was, Monday, I sent it in and I've been sleeping perfectly again. I mean, it's amazing. I slept seven hours straight last night, guys. So that was the sentry duty. Then the upper body thing, everything has changed at the gym, too. I don't have that sense of dread. And my energy and strength, because I'm not sort of, you know, coming to do the workout with this, <laughs> 
this resistance, so to speak, with the resistance gone, I'm enjoying. Now, you hearing that word, guys? I'm enjoying the work, the workout, the upper body workout. And the the trainer who was kind of bummed because he really couldn't move the weights up much anymore because I just wasn't moving forward. It's not that I'm trying to become a big bodybuilder, but still, I uh, I can easily move up in weight because I'm not, you know, I don't do very heavy weights, especially in the upper body. So he was, he's very, but he's noticed right away. And when I told him about it, because he said something, so I told him about it, he's open to this kind of thing, you know, I'm lucky. He was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. He said, I've seen such a change. And it's, so from his point of view, he's seen the change. And from my point of view, having that resistance gone is really wonderful. Now, the exciting thing for me is that when I, you know, because I'm a female in this life, we, what, you know, we tend to have, I tend to relate to the female issues and all the lies I brought up that have to do with my various patterns over the years have been female oriented. So when I bring up the male side of me, because each and every one of us carries both the male nature and the female nature. We've been in life with as either sex, as both sexes. Um, it's stuff that's so deep, you know, I'm, it's so out of my consciousness. Never in my life would I normally have come up with, oh, I really better go and see if I've had lives as a sentry or as a guard and I need to work on that. I never would have thought of that a million years. But as you know, because I've written, uh, not written, because yes, because I've written the book on soul psychology and I'm starting to unfold all of the issues about the soul and trying to explain to you, I've decided to tell you about this today because the book, of course, has so much about the soul. But because now I'm able to tune in to the parts of my soul that aren't necessarily right in the front, not in the forefront, not 100%, uh, not part of my consciousness hardly at all, I'm able to get resolution on patterns that I never would have thought. And this is an example of working together with yourself at the soul level. Because we, we can't communicate with the soul, they, the soul can't pick up the phone, doesn't text us, we can't text, we can't phone back, we can't say, well, what about this? Is this something? Do you have any, you know, we're, it's like we operate, the mind of this life is operating with one hand behind its back, and the soul is operating with its one hand, one of its hands behind its back, symbolically. So here's a case where if you pay attention to the soul and the soul journey, you can open up a whole realm of understanding and opportunity and possibilities for healing. And I bring it to you in the healings that I do, and I will be moving on to Karen in just a minute, the tackling the issues that we have in this life from the soul level, because all that we are in this life is an accumulation of what we've experienced before. It is a, we're carrying all of that with us. Now, so that's what I wanted you to know about. And I'm encouraging you to 
get my book. It's 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 not because I'm going to become wealthy overnight because people are going to buy my book. Okay, trust me. Um, you you get a few cents on the do- you get a few cents on the dollar with these kind of things. But I so believe in how much help understanding soul psychology can bring everybody. It changes the way you look at yourself and the way you look at life. It also offers you the tools and the techniques to deal with the healing of yourself. So that's all in there. It's not, but that's not just it. It is going to answer so many questions for you of why good things happen to bad people, why bad things happen to good people. It's going to answer what seems like unanswerable questions. And it's it's practical, it's logical, it's explained fairly easily and clearly, as best I can, guys, you know, as best I can. And I really feel like you're going to discover a whole other part of the world of your life. You're going to understand these healings that I do on the radio better. You're just going to understand a lot more and I it's not like you have to believe it but until you're exposed to new ideas it's really hard to come up with those ideas you know that's why we do read that's why we do listen to other people so that we get some ideas if we don't have the ideas then we can't decide whether they work for us or not so it may not work for for you you may go oh well this is a bunch of hogwash or this doesn't I don't resonate with it. And if you do, that's absolutely where you are and that's valid and completely right for you. It's so it's not about forcing anything down your throat. There's no forcing in this. It's suggesting it's but it speaks for itself. And you're going to I really feel like each and every one of you is going to appreciate this book. You know, of course I'm excited about it because I wrote it. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you think it's too heavy-duty marketing, but I, I really, it's coming from, there's people who've written me who've read it and they're like, oh my God, it just opened up my eyes. It's letting me see the world in such a new way. It just makes so much sense. And so I'm passing it on to you guys. Anyway, you can get it at Amazon. It's Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe, and it comes in a print book, the Kindle, and also the uh, the PDF ebook. So, <coughs> excuse me. So that's the book. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> now, but really, you have no idea that mail thing was so exciting for me. <laughs> anyway, um, now we're going to go into Karen. I've worked on Karen before, mostly I think it was around finances and job search and things like that. Today, because she can go back and listen to those things and get the healing of those over and over again, <clears throat> she sent me a request. She says she seems to be completely blocked about finding a mate. And she said, I don't even know how I feel about it. She says. There are probably fears I can't even name. But she, it's the mate issue. She's single, 
and it's this whole mate issue. And what I am so appreciative of is that the mate issue is present all over the globe. And because it's a holiday week, because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, uh, at least for Americans, it's, it's sort of the perfect topic for me to be working on today. I wanted something holiday-ish, and Karen stepped forward and handed it to me on a platter. Because, now, I don't know that, that Karen is actually lonely. She's a very productive lady. She seems upbeat. Uh, I have known her now, I think, two or three or four years. She's just fabulous, and I don't know that she's lonely. But she does not have a mate. And so sometimes people, in general, when they don't have a mate, they are lonely. So I wanted to look to look at or to just sort of expand the healing today to be to include loneliness and being alone. The the holidays especially is a time where we can feel loneliness or that we're alone even more. Even if we have a family and we get together with family, we can be lonely in a group, right? I'm, I'm right, right? We can see others are really happy around us and connected and we can feel more unhappy and more alone just because we're surrounded with people that seem so happy. Sometimes we can even have a significant other, a mate or somebody with us, but there's problems in the relationship and when we're at a holiday gathering, sometimes the normal distractions that keep us from thinking about the problems and dealing with the problems with the mate or our relationships, they're not there. And suddenly we're like, straight right in our face, even as the chaos, which there often is, with the holiday group around us, we can feel isolated and we can feel overwhelmed by, okay, I have a problem in my relationship and I'm, I need to deal with it or I can't escape it. I can't, it's out of the box in my mind and I can't, I can't push it back in. Now, of course, there are also many who are actually are alone over the holidays. They're isolated. They don't have any family. They're homeless. They Maybe they have no friends. They're elderly. Uh, they're living in a situation where they're mostly alone or isolated. And when a holiday comes around, as unhappy as they may be on their normal day, added despair can, can move in. Because because the the mirror of the holidays are for is for hope and for family and for joy, and if you're alone and lonely and isolated, it can only add to despair or bring in despair where you wouldn't normally feel it every day. Um, so today I'm going to work on Karen. But I'm going to expand the healing for everyone. Now, even if we have a loved one and we're extremely happy, I want all the listeners, past, present, and future, to take part in this. Because trust me, we've all been alone somewhere, if not often, in past lives. 
And we want to get rid of those energetics. We want to neutralize them because we don't want them to affect us in, in, in the future nows. So we want to neutralize all of that. And so when I'm working on Karen, I want to, she, she may have issues that you think you don't have. Uh, please release them anyway, because even if you if you don't think you have them, chances are they're not big in your life. But chances are you have had them at some point, because we have everybody has everything. We just have it in different degrees, different amounts, different uh, arenas, and we we <clears throat> see it and it presents itself in different types of situations and conditions. So the details are different, but the underlying issues we all got at, in some way. So take this opportunity to work on this issue. Um, and the higher self told me, uh, just mentioned to me that that I am going to be bringing in that outer wheel, and the outer wheel is going to be virtually everyone on the planet that aren't either on the inner wheel, which is the past, present, and future listeners, and any one of your loved ones you wish to bring in. And then right in the center will be Karen on the hub. So you have previews of what's coming up. And I just have to say that if this is coming from my heart for all of you. I wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful holiday for every holiday. And so whether you're celebrating Thanksgiving or not, this is for you on your holidays and every day. Okay, so I'm going to get a little water here, guys. <clears throat> Please make yourself comfortable, and <clears throat> we're going to begin. Okay, I'm going to ask everyone to take a few deep breaths. Quiet the mind as best you can, and you can focus on my voice. Is it just a simple technique to bring that mind's eye in? We're activating the focus of attention. It's that focus of attention that's the turn-on switch, guys. It's the switch that allows us to give permission for the divine energies to do the work on and for us that we are asking for. Um, keeping in mind that in the free will kingdom, which is where we reside, the divine energies cannot trespass, so they do need to be invited in. We have to give them permission, and we use that focus of attention to do so. And I'm already seeing, because I think there's plenty of you who are used to this, I'm already seeing the now moment beginning to be set up. Once that focus of attention moves into place and we focus on the now moment, what is happening now, the energetic field is set up, the higher selves help with this, and it is surrounding the totality of all of us on the rim. Right now, Karen is on the rim. We haven't uh, placed her yet on the, uh, the hub, but that will be coming shortly. And the higher selves have just indicated to me that they have also set up that outer rim, and literally it is populated by the entire human community, and in fact, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, this seems so grandiose, but I just have to go with what I get, but literally, it's not just people in body. There's a lot of souls on this rim that are out of body, so this is a a rim that is so large that if if I weren't given it as a symbol, I, I would never be able to even see the edge of it. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to. 
I mean, there's billions and billions and billions of people on this rim, this outer rim. So, uh, but what I'm being shown is a symbol, and it's just two rims of a wheel, the inner rim, which is the past, present, and future listeners, as I said, and then the outer rim, which is everyone else. It doesn't really matter which rim anyone is on. I want to make that very clear. There is no... Um, there's no uh, pre- um, elite here. It's just a symbol, and in this way, we are bringing in everyone because holidays are important. They're tradition in virtually every culture, um, and so, and it it carries weight in a lot of good ways. And then there's some downsides. To holidays psychologically and emotionally, which is what we're addressing now. Of course, we're addressing Karen's issue, but that's a sort of a springboard of moving into the holiday. So I hope, Karen, that you don't mind. I did mention to her that that's what I would be doing. Uh, so now I'm asking that we all create the rainbow bridge, which we're doing. Oh my God, it's incredible. Even the outer rim is doing the rainbow bridge. I, I hadn't seen that before. It's very cool, or maybe I did once, but in any case, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. This rainbow energy is just filling the symbol, and it's creating this very beautiful rainbow-colored hub. And I'm seeing Karen just sort of, she's kind of jumping over to it, like <laughs> like she can't wait to get there. Well, that's nice. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's the way she feels consciously or you how you feel consciously because Karen, I know, is listening, as I mentioned. So I'm going to try to use you. But uh, if I slip back to the she, uh, I apologize. But in any case, Karen, I do see you jumping on here like you're really eager. At the solo, there is a part of you that is very interested in dealing with this. It's been confusing to you for a long time, so I do see confusion. But there's also a part of you that is absolutely sure that you can deal with it. There's a confidence here that it is something that will, you know, that you can deal with. I do feel that confidence there, so that's good. I don't feel a lot of despair, so it might be why you don't, you're not sure what's going on underneath and why you don't go on and on about how lonely or anything you are. When you talk to me about it in your emails, you didn't go on and on. You just said, it's just weird. Why Why? Why am I, I think she said she went on to do, you know, online dating. And after a couple of days, she just signed off and she decided not to do it, but she didn't know why. So there's something operating underneath. She, had, she doesn't know, but she didn't rant and rave and complain and uh, go on and on about it, but it's a confusion for her, and that's what I'm feeling. There's a confusion. So I want everyone, whatever I'm doing for Karen, I want everyone to begin to release for themselves. If something else comes up for you that I don't say, you're not limited. I want everyone, because there are so many issues for so many different people that, of course, I'm not going to be able to say everything. I want everyone to be an active participant in their own healing and begin to release things that you think of. And that's why you can listen to these healings over and over again and then pause them and then new things come up and you get to new concepts, new beliefs, new things that you want to, new emotions that you want to release. So having all of this 
on archive and uh, being recorded is a very, very, um, it's, a, it's a great tool for all of you. Anyway, so Karen, let's begin to, to start this process with releasing the confusion about it. Now, um, one thing that's coming up for me right away for Karen is that you actually are quite a an independent person, and you uh, you you actually you you feel good in your own skin, and so there's this element that you carry that doesn't feel particularly needy about a mate, uh, and that's that's there. So on the one hand, you'd like a mate, but you don't feel like your life is horrible because you don't have the mate. So there's a there's an essence here of it's okay not to have a mate. And I okay, well of course okay. Okay, there's a lot of other stuff coming up here. It's okay not to have a mate. But underneath that there is also stuff coming up about what if I do have a mate? What if he doesn't really see me, respect me? Uh Count me. Maybe I'm not going to be his equal. Maybe I'm going to have to change my life or my perspective or my viewpoints or who I am for the mate. And the reason these things are coming up is because in the past, as it's true for all of us, we've become somebody else to please the mate. Um, this is very common. It's common today, and it was really common in a lot of cultures, especially for women. So this is a is um, probably more an issue for women, but I even know men that have this issue. So I want everyone to release the idea of having to become somebody else to please or make the, the relationship work or to please the other, especially for women, because women were often second, secondary citizens, and their, their well-being depended upon the man. Women couldn't own property for a long time on this planet in many cultures. Women didn't have any say in government. Women didn't have, couldn't vote, whatever it is. There was oh, there was so much of the history, and not just on this planet, but it is part of the human kingdom universe where women were secondary in nature. And so especially women, the, the female part of our soul carries this, this whole thing about um, giving up the self, self-sacrifice, being unhappy, because a lot of things that we had to do to please were not necessarily things we were happy about or that brought us joy. It mostly was there just so that we'd have a roof over our heads for a lot of lives and a roof uh, and food in our mouths. So this is what's coming up for you a lot, Karen. Uh, just all of this stuff is, you know, this doubt. It's a lot of doubt how will the mate affect me? Because you've had real experiences, real experiences of suffering, uh, difficulties, and hardships based on the mate or the men in your life over these lifetimes. And so it's really important that we start to release all of that. Now, um, this happened, and I didn't say it out loud, but I want just because I forgot to say it out loud, we are held within the womb of the originating source. 
we've become one, we're amalgamated with the originating source, and we've also amalgamated with the higher self and the pure soul essence. I didn't say all of that, but I'm seeing it set up so quickly that I just sort of carried on. But I want to put that into the consciousness because it is, not everyone will see it, not everyone will sense it. So I want to everyone to understand that we have a full amalgamation going here. And I appreciate the higher self reminding me. Okay, so we are fully amalgamated and all of the light is within the forever now moment. That has been set up as well. And we are operating as... Um, fully, all of us, oh my gosh, I got so amazed by the rainbow bridge energy that I just moved right into the healing and forgot the rest of the amalgamation, but it is definitely here, it's definitely in place, okay, so so, so what I want to do is, okay, so what I've seen for you, Karen, is that you've you're dropping down on your knees, it's almost as if you're asking forgiveness for trying to be your own person. Now, that's a really interesting thing. There is, there's a sense that you're being prideful and you're not being humble by wanting to be an equal. So I never in a million years could have imagined this pattern. I've not seen it anywhere else. I think we all carry it, though. But there's a part of you that feels that you're prideful or you're um, selfish or you're, in some way, you're a sinner for even thinking about wanting to be equal, wanting to be on your own. And that, I want you to start to release that because this is the part of you that is resistant to um, being with a mate, too. I mean, this is, um, this is a self this is a self, uh, self, self-blame, self-judgment, all of that attacking the self for even having those thoughts. And if you don't have a mate in your life, you're not going to have those thoughts. That won't come up. That won't be there. So it's almost a safety issue for you because you don't want to go back into the shame of feeling like you're not humble enough or you're too prideful. Now, I don't believe for a minute that you would be thinking these things consciously, but this is definitely coming from past the past journey you've been on, and I want you to begin to release it. And I want to just see, yes, you have a very strong spiritual side. It comes from a lot of the spiritual teachings of the various cultures you've been in. Um, and the spiritual teachers embodied the placement of the women as well being secondary. You didn't see in a lot of cultures, now of course some there were priestesses, but in many, many cultures there were only priests uh, or um, the councils were all men, the spiritual councils or whatever it was in whatever culture. So the But the spiritual leaders were virtually never women. So you picked a lot of this up in a lot of different cultures around this globe and around the universe, wherever you were, where at the spiritual level, the spirit, the, those in charge, those authorities were teaching that women were secondary. And so if you had those thoughts, you would feel shame. You would feel um, like you were, weren't being spiritual because you weren't 
thinking along the lines that you were supposed to be thinking along. So there were these rules or boundaries that you wanted to cross but could not because of what was taught and what was done. And so you felt guilty for even wanting to cross them. I mean, it's very complicated here. I think you can see how complicated this is because it's so conflicted. There's so many conflicts, and I want you to, and everybody else to just begin to release all those spiritual conflicts. Now, the women can focus a lot on that, you know, feeling that you can't be equals because that's what you were taught and any feelings of being a sinner or bad or um, not a good person or not spiritual if you have those thoughts. And then also for the men, because I'm telling you what I'm getting for the men is that a lot of the men that taught that, they actually have shifted around the consciousness because today we have higher consciousness all over the place. Um, and the men, you know, the, the, the frequencies of energy all over the universe have, are going up. So men are actually looking back and feeling shame for, for that. But the, the thing is, 2020 is perfect hindsight. But in the, in the moment, in the times, there, there's no reason really to feel any guilt because those are the times. Those are the belief systems. And people in these cultures... They didn't have any other choices. Like I was saying earlier, unless you know other ways of thinking, you you stay with what's known. There, there are people that come up with these new ideas, but it, it's not usually common in the whole culture. Just here and there, you might have someone thinking, oh, well, you know, women really should be equal. <laughs> Would they speak it out if they thought that? Probably not. So we're, we want to release the men's guilt uh, and the male nature that we carry, because we've all been men, we've probably all done that. I want everyone, and you too, Karen, for sure, to begin to release any guilt and shame and all the conflicts that we carry within, the male part of ourselves, the female part of ourselves. We have so much conflict. And then, of course, all the belief systems that are attached to that. And I'm seeing a lot of stuff lift off you, Karen. I'm feeling just this, it's as if it's raining upside down. So it's raining up into the light. You're releasing all of your, or not all, but probably, but so much is coming out. It's as if you're finally getting rid of that. Because there was the other part of you, of course, that knew you weren't being prideful or you weren't a sinner. There was that other part of you that just absolutely couldn't relate to that. So there's an essence of relief here. And now I see that symbol, that symbolic part of you that got on your knees because you thought, oh, you had to humble yourself. That you stood up. You stood up. The symbol of you stood up and the stuff is just coming off you and you're beginning to move into the self-connection to your own inner strength, your own inner equality. And I'm seeing now both the male and the female parts of you uh, coming. I'm seeing an image. So you're standing up and I'm seeing the male part on one side and the female part on the other. And I'm asking that both sides release. We're consciously addressing both sides of our nature now. I want both sides of your nature to release the the emotional elements that have been uh, part of these belief systems, the shame, the guilt, the feeling less than, 
the feeling of inequality, the, um, okay, wait a minute. The man, the male side, I'm feeling has a lot of agony and despair. In fact, I want the agony and the despair because it feels so much shame for its role, how it fell into play. Because at some level, it knew better. The male side, for all of us, know better when that we're born into some of these lives. But we just sort of follow along because from the time we're infants, we uh, pick up by osmosis the belief systems the ways of the culture that we're growing up in. And because, like I said, the mind and the soul can't talk to one another. The mind just follows along. And so, the, but then afterward, when we lay aside the body, we can look at it and say, how could I have been so clueless? And so there's a lot of shame and guilt and despair. And I want to see that. Now, the 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 thing that's interesting is there's also issues between your male and female part, because that female part of you, Karen, is is like accusatory uh, to the male. How could you do such a thing, <laughs> you know, when you know how much I've suffered as a female? How could you do such a thing? And it's created this conflict between these two sides of your nature. And this is one of the reasons, actually, why you haven't brought in the mate, because there is, and I can't say it's the only reason, but it is part of it. Um, the, or you can't, you haven't made peace with bringing in a mate because in a way you have to make peace with the male side of you first. And so I'm asking that you begin to release the issues, the conflicts between you, the female side, the female nature, and the male nature. And I'm really glad this has come up because this is so important and I'm encouraging all the listeners to do the same because these conflicts we have between parts of ourselves play out in the real world. We mirror it. The Our outer reality reflects what's going on the inside. And I'm seeing a lot of crying. There's a lot of sense of being hurt by one another. There's Both sides feel sadness and despair and hurt. Um, the Okay, the female side has almost turned her back on the male side is discounting the male side, doesn't want to have anything to do with the male side. And if you heard, this was this was very similar to what I did when I, uh, for, with my male side, and that came out for me way, a few years ago when I first started working with a male and a female. In any case, so that part of you is like angry. There's anger here, resentment, frustration, and feeling like, wow, he can't even pay attention to me you know, why doesn't he listen? Why doesn't he see my pain? Why doesn't he understand? Then he goes into a life and he does the whole thing to other females. And there's this fury. I mean, I can see fury here. And I want you to release that fury because it's old, okay? We can't change the past. We can neutralize it, dissolve it, so that we can recreate the present and allow the ripple effects to shift the future into places where we will be happier. So let's bring out this, because, you know, if this doesn't get resolved in this life, you'll bring it back the next. It's really important. The more we can do in this life, the further along we will be when we come into the next life. Of course, I think I've come in to resolve every single issue. 
So, but that's me. I, sometimes we come in to resolve one or two issues, four or five, six or eight. Sometimes we choose all of them. And maybe many of you listening have seemed to feel like, okay, you must be here to, to resolve everything. So it doesn't matter what you've chosen. Whatever we do to resolve is a good thing and it's permanent. So we're going to, again, Karen, I want you to keep releasing that fury, that disconnection with your male side. The male side is just kind of watching. And it's kind of surprised because it never thought, he never thought that you were going to be able to go there. And there's actually a sense of respect. I'm beginning to feel this sense of respect because as the female side is letting go of this very old bitterness, this old fury, this old anger and resentment, um, as that's being let go, the male side is is kind of is almost like a deer in headlights, just very surprised. This, this is a very, 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 very old pattern. It's been around probably from the very early days, uh, early lives. So I'm just, just you know, I just see, keep saying, I'm going to call in divine forgiveness for both sides, divine understanding for both sides. Uh, I want to... I want to just see, I'm just getting the reaction of the male side of you releasing, but I want to see how the male side is releasing. So let me just see. Well, it's just sort of interesting because the male side just kind of feels like, okay, he doesn't have as much to release. There's almost a sense of arrogance here. And that was unexpected. So I want the male side, I would encourage the male side to let go of any belief systems that he is superior. Um, because if the male side, no matter how much you release, the male side doesn't release the idea that there's somehow a hierarchy here and somebody has to be better than, than the other. The moving into a state of balance and equality with the male and the female side is, is not going to happen to the degree that we're looking for. So we want to, we want the male side to begin to release that arrogance. And it did begin release, and I actually felt sort of surprised. It wasn't fully aware consciously at some level uh, that it was carrying that. But again, it's been, as the male, it's gone through so many lives where it was superior. It came in almost by osmosis. So it was a reaction or a belief, a lot of belief systems uh, built to the point where it was just sort of normal. And so, in fact, I do feel that the male has decided it is not, does not want to be superior, does not want to just assume that it is uh, um, better. And I feel a lot of that arrogance going. So let's just keep having that go. Um And you're, the female side is looking at the male side sort of not quite the same uh, as the male is looking to female, but there's is there's sort of a disbelief coming across to me. And it's like this disbelief, really? You think it's possible, you know, because 
your experience with this male and with virtually every male um, in so many of your lifetimes was that feeling that the male feeling equal was just about an, an impossibility. Now, chances are that's not something you carry consciously in this life. Um, but if it's under there, operational, even though because of this life there's much more expansion and equality, the male and the female is so much more out there and operational, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't carry it somewhere. You do carry it, and we all carry it. So let's let's release that disbelief that it could be any different. Because we've actually experienced that ourselves. So many lives. So we want to release the disbelief that it could shift and change. That the males could actually begin to um, move into the idea of equality with the female. I'm now seeing a both of you are now sort of facing each other symbolically. You're holding each other's hands, and I see just a tremendous amount of release of stuff still pouring out the top of the head, the top of the body. It's coming out from the heart, the stomach, the throat, every everything. I see it mostly in the upper body. Okay, but it's also coming out the lower chakras, which I'm glad because the whole intimacy issues and the, that are carried sometimes at the lower chakras, we want to release that and any kind of inequality there, any kind of victim or victimizer pattern, anything between the male and the female that's related to the lower chakras. So I'm not picking up specifics, but I want just to release, uh, have everybody release that too. Because there is abuse here. Um, obviously, your male nature cannot abuse your female nature physically because only one of you would be present within the physical body. But if the male nature did any kind of abuse of a female because it was permitted in many cultures or what for whatever reason, or you were abused by a male, those issues would be carried also, and we want to, we've all had experiences both ways, so we want to release all of that. That's very, very dark, very, very dark coming out of the lower chakras, the base and the sexual chakra. Both of those are just pouring out really dark stuff, pouring into the light. Woo! This is really good work you're doing, Karen. It's very heavy duty. A lot of releases. Now, I want to just check around just to see around the rim, just to see if what else I could be picking up. I'm feeling really good about what's happening on the inner rim, the, the listeners, past, present, and future, and anyone that they would have called in. It's just nothing is being brought to my attention, and I do want to just check around. Now, there's a big area um, in the, a big area on the outer rim that's very, very dark, and I'm not sure what this is. I want to just focus my attention on it. Well, this, in fact, 
seems unrelated, but it is related, is the idea of dying alone. And I would say it's at least a quarter of the outer rim where this issue is symbolically um, so big is the whole idea, the suffering of dying alone. And it just is so intense. And I want everyone to begin to release the experiences, the pain and the suffering of dying alone. Okay, this takes us outside of the actual holiday, but we're, we are working on the alone issue, loneliness, isolation, all of that as well. So we want to, I, I want to encourage all of the listeners, and I'm also working very hard on, I want to call in divine love, divine nurturing, and divine connection to help, and divine flush to help release for this particular block on the outer rim, but we all have it, is this whole issue of dying alone. It is so painful. It adds to the pain of death and the fear of death because there's no one there to hold our hand, to miss us, okay? There's people who die and are sure there isn't one person that would miss them, would notice that they're even gone. And we've been there. All of us have been there. But these, this particular group, it must be a very hot topic. Maybe they are part who have... Uh, group who've already laid aside the body and brought that issue with them. Maybe it's people who are in the process of dying and feel that way or or just people who've had that pattern over and over again so many lives. It is huge. And right now, I want everyone to release the fear of dying alone and the experience of dying alone, the trauma of dying alone, the pain of dying alone. Because remember, there was no knowledge what happened at death? There might have been some ideas flying around from the spiritual authorities, but for the most part, there was no surety, no certainty. There was no understanding. So I want all of that confusion and pain and uncertainty, emotional and psychological pain of dying alone. Oh, my gosh. Who knew this is where I would go on this? Uh, but it's a natural extension to being in the holiday alone. It's just that whole alone thing is part of the human condition in different ways. And this one I just needed to address. So even though we're expanding a little bit upon the holiday theme, uh, I think this is a good thing. And I want everyone to release, and you too, Karen, everyone to release this whole idea of dying alone. Now, the interesting thing is um, sometimes we'll choose to have a mate out of the fear of dying alone. We don't want to be old or dying or sick or disabled without anyone to help us. So there are times where we take on a mate from this kind of fear. And so we we make a decision based on fear. And often those decisions backfire on us over and over again. You all know what I'm talking about. So let's release also the decision-making based on fear, taking on a mate just simply so that we aren't alone and dying. We don't want to end up in a 
pauper's grave or as a John Doe or a Jane Doe. I want all of that and it's just, I feel it really intensely in the back, very intensely in the back and I want you, Karen, and everyone to just begin to release all of this fear of dying alone and the decisions, the confusion and the decision-making of taking on a mate simply so that we aren't alone. Being alone is a very powerful emotion. We're social beings. We're social animals. We are social. And so being alone is a big pattern and it, is, um, it carries a lot of discomfort for so many reasons. And I want everyone to release that fear of dying alone. Calling in divine flush. I'm calling in divine love divine connection, divine support. Ah. I'm just keep keep watching it. It's being released, but it's just so deep. There's so much of it. It's just like this sort of darkness coming out. It's hitting the light, but the light is it's almost hard to keep up with it. I'm going to ask to intensify the light to make the process a lot quicker. Um, instantaneous in fact and that is definitely helping and so I'm just seeing now the light is actually not just waiting for the release it's starting to penetrate and move in through and around the soul process that we are all um, that's part of the healing and it's moving into it's like those the lasers on those smart bombs you know it's got sort of this the light has got this laser just looking throughout all of the souls um, present is looking for those loneliness issues and the fear of loneliness. Because when we make a decision out of fear and we choose to have a mate, we are basically not approaching the connection and relationship as a whole person, to to find someone who fits with us, uh, we are just satisfying one part of who we are. So that relationship itself is unable to be fully balanced, which of course what is what we all hope for and what we all would like. So I want to just, and I'm sorry, but it just keeps coming. This is a big, big mother issue. But I do feel some, uh, I'm beginning to feel um, some shifts and some change. There's less painful, less stuff coming out of the back. I can feel like a lot is lifted, although it's still there. I'm right in the mid-back, I'm feeling it. Let me see what Karen is doing while that's ongoing. Um Karen is involved, too, with this release of this issue. So you're doing this also, Karen, which is a good thing. Uh, as we get older, these kind of things come up. We we see, we hear about it, we read it about it, we see it on TV, at the movies. You know, it's, a, it's an issue that we are familiar with. And when we're young, we don't think about um, a lot of death issues. Uh, but as our parents go and as we begin to move into... Um, you know, the maturity of adulthood, our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, wherever we are, things like this come up more and more. And so, yes, it is 
beginning. It is releasing from you too, Karen, and also out of the back. Okay, I want to call in. Um, you want to activate and call in. We have all of this light here. We have the the empowerment of the energy from the womb, the creative life force energy. We want to bring in balance and harmony. Balance and harmony uh, between the male and the female nature. Balance and harmony in relationships. The manifest. We want to call in um, divine material balance. Now remember, divine material balance is is the 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 main issue, the main energy, divine energy that's present in this planet it carries them all. But this is the one where souls come that are out of balance uh, in manifesting the the from the abstract to the concrete. That's what materializing means, and it's not. It often plays out through money and finances, as I've explained in the past. But it also plays out with balance and everything, because it's a manifestation of balance. So you're not just manifesting from the concrete, from the abstract to the concrete in an out of balance manner. It's in a balanced manner, and so it's the same. We want to manifest from the abstract idea of a balanced relationship into an actual concrete and balanced relationship. So we want to call in divine material balance. And I see it moving into, it's it's moving all around the rainbow bridge. It's going um, up through the feet of Karen. I see it going through all the listeners and through the entire billions of people that are on the outer reality. The outer rim, I mean, not the outer reality. Okay. For Karen, I do see um, that the male and the female now are like hooked arms. It's as if they're a team. I feel this sense of teamwork now, a sense of togetherness in a way that I certainly didn't feel earlier. And the so that to me is a really good thing. And um, again, I want to bring in divine connection and, of course, the balance, the harmony, divine love, and divine forgiveness is very important because we all need to forgive ourselves and each other for um for for you know all the misunderstandings all the um misinterpretations all the false beliefs all the things that have gotten in the way of the balance that we wish for we need to forgive ourselves and we need to understand that just as we've made misinterpretations we've uh had misconceptions and misunderstandings with our own male nature the male nature has had the same with us and in the outer reality, the the male or the female, depending if you're a male or female, doing this exercise, we need to forgive each other in the outer reality too. Forgive ourselves and forgive any of the relationships in our life. Okay. 
Wow. Well, the higher selves are putting the cocoon around Karen, um, and I see it being set up instantaneously around the two rims. It's, of course, to help the, the, the processing of the healing to continue, and it's also to help the acclimation, because when we do big healings, as I've explained, we can have a big shift, and it sometimes can kind of be schism us out a little or maybe make us exceptionally tired or maybe worries come up or something like that. We can have a big shift. And so I want very much for uh, for you all to understand that, that this cocoon is very important and, and it continues to operate in your highest ideal, even though the um, the healing is is ending and the forever now moment is closing uh you know the higher selves are keeping this this healing on the shorter side i think it's because it's pre-holiday we all have holiday plans and even though you can listen uh later there are there are those who like to listen right away or uh, are listening live so i and they are doing it for me as well, that we all have things to do because it's the holiday, right? (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I do say thank you so much to Karen. I mean, how appropriate your request was for today. And it did take us, and there is more to do on this. I, I just picked up that one thing on that outer rim but there, there's always more on these things. But I don't believe I've ever worked on this issue in any other of my radio shows. Now, I've done radio shows for four years, so I could be lying. But it would only be because I don't recall. Um, it's certainly not intentional. But I don't think I've worked on exactly this issue before. And I certainly haven't worked on it with the attendance of the entire globe, the souls, the human souls around the globe, uh, uh, that's a first. So for sure, this was a wonderful opportunity. And I'm, you know, really from my heart to yours, Karen, and to everyone's, I do wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving. And again, if it's not your holiday, I wish you having wonderful holidays from now on and same for everybody else. So I guess that's sort of it. I did think of something else to talk to you all about, but I think I'll wait on that for the next healing because the higher self have indicated to keep this short. I want to again say my my email, I don't think I even said at the beginning, is Janet at com or Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Please email me with a request, comment, response, um, complaint, I mean anything. And I do get back to everyone. It may take me a day or two. I sometimes get a lot of emails, not just from listeners, but from uh, other people. And so uh, I may not get back to you instantaneously, but you will hear directly from me. And I thank you for being part of the show. I thank each and every listener for being part of the show. That is a holiday gift for me. And I know at, at least... Here for Thanksgiving, we get into a tradition of giving thanks. And I'm giving thanks to so much in my life, 
but relevant to the radio show, it is I'm giving thanks and deep gratitude for all my listeners. And as you know, I'm not just saying that now. I do it in every show because (laughs) there isn't anything like this show for me anywhere else. It is, I'm just so thankful for it every single week. And I'm thankful for each and each individual that's a part of it. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye and have wonderful holidays. Take some good time for yourself. Okay. I love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.